0: Excellencies, ladies and uh, gentlemen, colleagues and friends, good morning. I am Andris Sprutz, director of Latvian Institute of International Affairs and professor at Riga Stradivic University. And today, on the behalf of the Institute and partners, I have a great pleasure to welcome all of you uh, at the annual conference on the European Union. And I would say the largest annual EU related conference in the Baltic states. And of course, this time, in the times of pandemic, it's a virtual event, as many events all around the world. Uh, Precisely a year ago, the coronavirus outbreak became a global pandemic. And precisely a year ago, on this day, Latvian government declared the national emergency. And shortly after, the whole Europe became the epicentre of the crisis. And since then, we and fellow Europeans live essentially in Europe, which is on hold, or even for some, Europe at war. Unsurprisingly, this has been a year of solidarity stress test for the European Union. We have faced challenges of border nationalism and vaccination choice and speed diversity across the community. At the same time, uh, there are also positive signs. Uh, we have uh, been able to arrive at the common approach on vaccine purchases and unprecedented recovery plan. And we must not forget that traditional developments and challenges, great power, geopolitics, technological revolution, climate change, don't cease to exist. And uh, all those issues complicate and provide, at the same time, opportunities for the EU's agenda. And the, re- the results are arguably mixed so far so the question is is europe getting better and today's conversations with a distinguished set of international speakers is about finding answers and providing also recommendations practical recommendations so of course we would like to see the eu as a part of the solution rather than a problem our attitudes of societies across the member states have been Uh, Predominantly critical about the EU's ability to act efficiently during the pandemic. So we must admit that we also face a fundamental challenge, how to develop the community of the like-minded around apparently growing diversity rather than sameness and how to engage also our own societies in these stressful and uneasy times. And of course partnerships and cooperation always remain indispensable in the european politics uh, in european solidarity but it's not less important in organizing also such an event such a conference such an endeavor intellectual endeavor so i would uh, express my appreciation and of course also the the organizers appreciation to latvian parliament representation of the european commission in latvia ministry of foreign affairs of latvia Institute of International Relations and Political Science at Vilnius University and also Estonian Foreign Policy Institute at the ICDS. So these are instrumental partners. And it is a always tradition since the very beginning already, since the launch of the EU, the Baltic EU conversations, that this conference takes place together with uh, Latvian Parliament and this partnership with Latvian Parliament demonstrates a strong and important linkage between national Europe and European politics. The Parliament has demonstrated an increasing understanding of importance of engagement with society and also thorough debate. So that's why we are extremely delighted and honored to have a keynote speech by the speaker of the Latvian Parliament, Miss Inara Murniece. So, Madam Speaker, the floor is yours.
1: Good morning everyone. Honorable Mr. Dombrovskis, Honorable Mr. Spruds, Mr. Zatlers, Mr. Kužnieks, Honorable Madam Taro, the members of Parliament, experts and everyone listening to us. I am glad to open the Baltic EU conversations in the Saima today, which is already the sixth time the cement is taking place in the Latvian Parliament. We are starting these conversations at 9.01, just like yesterday we started our Sima sitting with a slight delay so that everyone can log on to the system on the eSIMA platform. Thank you. I would especially like to thank the European Affairs Committee of the Sima, the Latvian Institute of International Affairs and the European Commission representation in Latvia for organizing the conference. I am truly pleased that Valdis Dombrovskis, Executive Vice President of the European Commission, has joined our conversation to provide an insight into the future of EU trade policy. Today we will also talk about protecting the democratic values that the EU was built upon through the decades. We will discuss the ways to enable the recovery of our economy and to develop it with renewed vigor in an innovative, digital, green and climate-friendly way. We will also talk about the ways to build a secure Europe and strong transatlantic relations. Recent Eurobarometer surveys show that almost half of Europeans have a positive view of the European Union. The main benefits of the EU mentioned in the survey are respect for democracy, human rights and the rule of law as well as the EU's influential role regarding economic, industrial and trade aspects. With respect to the economic and social development of Europe, people in Latvia consider it important that a fair standard of living, equal opportunities and access to the labour market, as well as, during these times, quality healthcare are ensured. These are the goals but the question remains how to achieve them what should be done at the national and at the european level one thing is clear only by working together will we be able to attain these goals that is the strength of europe during the covid 19 pandemic all of europe is in the same boat we are all facing great challenges and we also have to look for solutions together Our current priority is the EU providing a swift response to the pandemic in the health sector, especially with regard to vaccines. Safe vaccines approved by the European Medicines Agency are increasingly available through the EU joint procurement mechanism. At the same time, of course, it raises questions about the decision-making process what should have been done earlier sooner or in a different way in latvia and in the eu to make vaccines more available to us now we must not hesitate to provide support to the economy and entrepreneurs we must work hard to ensure that the funding available under the eu recovery and resilience facility is injected in our economy without delay We need to adopt clear decisions on sustainable investment projects and the reforms necessary to implement them so that the significant amount of EU funding can be meaningfully invested in Latvia and the Baltic region in the coming years. In regard to the EU's external relations, I would like to emphasize that the Baltic States must continue to stand in support of an active European neighborhood policy. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke to the chairman of the Ukrainian parliament Dmitry Razumkov. Around this time, seven years will have passed since the illegal annexation of Crimea by Russia. We, the Baltic states and the whole international society must continue to stand strongly and staunchly for the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. Our support must also be unwavering for the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Georgia. In the neighboring Belarus, repressions are still carried out against peaceful demonstrators demanding democracy in the form of free and open elections. We are making active efforts so that the EU maintains a strong stance against the representatives of the Belarusian regime and those close to them who are responsible for this violence it is our duty to help democratic civil society and independent journalists in belarus the parliaments of the baltic states are traditionally in close cooperation with the parliamentarians of the eastern partnership countries they are our friends the baltic experience can be useful in implementing necessary but sometimes even painful democratic reforms in these countries. It is important for our friends in the Eastern Partnership region to receive encouragement and support, just as we did in the past. This year's Eastern Partnership Summit must provide a clear political perspective for the countries of the region on how to move closer to the EU, as well as set new practical goals for long-term cooperation. We must support the European integration efforts of the Eastern Partnership countries. I am convinced that the Baltic EU conversations in the SIMA today will serve as a good warm-up for the Conference of the Future of Europe, which will provide us with a wide-ranging debate on the ways to build the Europe of the future together and the form it should take in this changing world may you all have valuable baltic eu conversations thank you thank you madam speaker thank you for this long-lasting cooperation and organizing this conference and also the valuable insight that you provided regarding solidarity within the eu which is truly important to us for us to be able to exit the crisis for us to be able to uh, evolve and develop ourselves further on and as you mentioned we cannot forget about our neighbors and that uh, the uh, politics are continuing in these uh, regions and our values must be promoted in these regions as well so we must continue cooperating with our partners thank you once again madam speaker and now i am uh, glad to invite uh, the next speakers
0: i'm very happy to introduce and give floor to Andris kužnijeks who is acting head of the uh, european commission representation and i can once more also express my appreciation for Uh, Already a long-standing cooperation for long-standing support and very fruitful cooperation also personally to Andris for for, for his input. So, uh, Mr. Kuznek, the floor is yours. Good morning and many thanks,
2: Andris. Madam Speaker, Executive Vice President, Honorable Members of Parliament, ladies and gentlemen, colleagues, friends. In fact, this conference and today is very special for me because what a beautiful way to end my term here in Riga. It's my last working day in Riga where I have spent eight years in European Commission representation and two and a half of them. I have been leading uh, this uh, institution and, uh, another, I think uh, important aspect of this year's conference and feature is that, uh, we are organizing it in very true Baltic spirit because you will hear, uh, panels and conversations organized from all three Baltic capitals. Of course, many other European capitals will be connected, but I think it's really a true cooperation spirit. Um, While working in Riga and when we discuss the crisis, uh, I think uh, I myself is uh, very good. I am very good example of this because I have served uh, three commission presidents. And uh, I also am very happy that we will hear Later in the afternoon, uh, President Barroso, uh, the former president, uh, who will speak with us. And uh, over this uh, course of three presidents and uh, eight years, uh, I have witnessed myself all those crises we have been living through, starting from economic and financial crises, continuing to uh, Brexit, uh, to uh, terrorism. And by the way, terrorism was felt also here in Latvia. Because when we started our presidency in 2015, in the very uh, starting day, there was this Charlie Hebdo terrorist attack. Uh, we also witnessed uh, Russia's uh, war in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, now we are faced with a pandemic uh, of uh, COVID-19 and economic downturn. And uh, we will discuss today, and you will discuss today and here today, Uh, discussions on how to uh, bring uh, back European economy economy on track, how to save lives, uh, how to deal with all the new policies, how we uh, make uh, Europe more greener, more digital, more resilient to the future crisis. Uh, Where is our place in uh, the global world? Uh, How we safeguard democracy and rule of law? And uh, how we find our strategic autonomy? I think these are the questions. and in fact also the changes over those eight years of the discussions we have been witnessing and uh, one could say that uh, these crises have been different but uh, EU has been dealing with them and uh, I think uh, despite all the fears we can say that the crisis makes us stronger and better probably Uh, but some questions have been pertinent over also all these eight years uh, in our agendas and that is uh, how to engage citizens, uh, what is the future of the Europe, uh, how we wanna shape our Europe, uh, how we involve citizens in those discussions. And I'm really uh, very glad that uh, just a few days ago, uh, European institutions and member states gave start to the new process of the conference on the future of uh, Europe. And in fact, uh, I should uh, compare uh, Riga and Europe, because as you know, Riga is never ready and I think Europe will never be ready because uh, we all need to uh, try and make it better, but I think it will never be ready. And uh, to end my uh, opening uh, remarks, I would like to express my sincere thanks and gratitude to Latvian parliament, uh, Madam Speaker, Inar to the chair of European Affairs Committee, uh, and all the other co- other colleagues. Latvian Institute of International Affairs, uh, Andris and Carlos and all the colleagues who made this conference happen, uh, Foreign Ministry and also other uh, institutes in Baltic States who are now uh, the other two institutes who are actively involved in, in this conference. I think we all together will succeed. And I'm really uh, wishing you very good discussions and productive debates. And, Uh, To end uh, and to say that if you are in Moscow, please uh, let me know. I'll be your diplomat in Moscow
0: from the next week. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, Mr. Koznik, thank you so much. Uh, It's really highly appreciated your support and our cooperation for eight years. And of course, we will succeed. And absolutely, we also wish uh, the most success uh, for you in your future endeavors, especially in Moscow. It will be, I would assume, quite a challenging task as well. Uh, And I think you also indicated a couple of important things, the importance of engagement with society, the European debate with citizens of European Union. So I think, of course, it should be continued. And also this endeavour is uh, was aimed to, uh, to engage with society, to inform society, to provide different opinions from different angles, and especially also in a Baltic perspective. And that's why, again, we appreciate your support and also um, the willingness of our partners from Lithuania and Estonia to engage, to be part of this endeavor, to be part of uh, to the intellectual uh, debate, which also aims to, to inform society, to engage society. So well, thank you so much. Thank you once more to uh, our partners, once more to Madam Speaker, to, to Mr. Kužnieks. And I am happy to move and to give the floor to Miss um, Margarita Šešelgite, uh, who is Director of the Institute of International Relations Podcast Science at Phoenix University, with the first panel with the Executive Vice President of the European Commission, Mr. Dombrovskis. So, uh, Margarita, the floor is yours and once more, of course, I wish to all of us and to you uh, the successful and interesting and dynamic uh, debate. Please, Margarita, you have the opening chance to start dynamic moderation and conversation with uh, Mr. Dombrovskis. Please, Margarita.
3: Thank you, thank you, Andrew, so much. I'll try to do the best. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first panel of the Baltic EU Conversations 2029, which is posing a very relevant, serious, and somehow health-related question, is Europe getting better? And uh, before I'll introduce our keynote speaker, I'll I'd like to draw your attention to a couple of administrative remarks panel will last 45 minutes. There will be a conversation with a keynote speaker for about half an hour or a bit less. And then I will open the floor for the questions and answers, uh, questions for, for from, from the audience. And you have two ways to pose the question. For those who are watching us on Zoom platform, just please raise your hand. I will see that your hand, and then you will be given the floor to ask your question. For those who are watching us online, please pose your question on slido platform and the code of the slide platform is hashtag 92396 and now it is my great pleasure and honor to introduce to you our keynote speaker which i'm sure doesn't need any introduction in the baltic states and not only also in europe and in the wider world a person who successfully navigated Latvia through uh, the crisis, through the recovery after the crisis in 2008, and also who successfully managed after this crisis to integrate Latvia into the Eurozone, and author of the world known book, How Latvia Came Through a Financial Crisis, which was written in 2011 a former prime minister of Latvia, a former financial minister of Latvia, the member of European Parliament, a member of the Latvian Parliament, and now currently already for the second time, a vice president of the European Commission. This time responsible for the Euro social dialogue, also in charge of financial stability, financial services and capital market union. What a rich portfolio. Mr. Dombrovskis, the wo- uh, the floor is yours. And meet yourself, the microphone is not working.
4: Uh, labrit, uh, Terrechomikos, uh, Labasritas. Uh, Good morning. Uh,
1: Good morning, everybody. Ladies and
4: gentlemen, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for the introduction, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Soshalgita. And before I uh, begin uh, with my speech, I would like to thank uh, Andris Kuznieks for the excellent cooperation I uh, have enjoyed with him uh, uh, as an acting head of representation and before as a uh, deputy head of the European Commission uh, representation in uh, Latvia. Well, actually, I know Andres uh, since uh, you know, 2002, when I started to work as a finance minister in Latvia, and uh, Andres was a director for EU funds. Uh, so I wish you all the success in your next uh, steps uh, in a, a career There is certainly room for more European values in Russia. So I wish you all the best in this uh, mission. Uh, Ladies and uh, uh, gentlemen, I'm uh, very happy to participate in this year's Baltic uh, conversation and uh, I congratulate the organizers for demonstrating the best of Baltic cooperation, organizing one great event for all three uh, Baltic uh, states. The theme of this year's uh, conference uh, asks the question, is Europe getting better? And uh, broadly uh, speaking, I'm convinced that the answer is yes. Uh, of course, uh, the process of Europe getting better does not uh, follow the straight line, uh, there are obstacles and setbacks, uh, sometimes we have to take one step back to take two steps uh, forward, uh, but the overall direction remains the right one for the Baltic region and for the European Union as a, a, as a whole. Uh, Well, uh, Dr. Cecil already introduced my different portfolios, but uh, my portfolio has shifted since, and now I'm also uh, responsible for trade. (laughs) So um, uh, I will talk today about uh, trade uh, policy and the contribution trade is making in this uh, respect. Uh, The European Union is the world's leading uh, exponent of open, fair and rules-based trade. Uh, We remain uh, committed to the idea that trade between nations underpinned by strong rules uh, drives peace and prosperity. Indeed, this is a founding idea of the European Union itself. Uh, We have expanded this approach with trade partners around the globe. Uh, We now have 46 uh, agreements covering 78 countries, the best trade network in the world. And this is helping to make Europe better. Uh, because these deals provide expanded opportunities for our exporters Uh, they give a wider choice to eu consumers they will help us to recover from the crisis and trade agreements increase our international standing the figures support this claim Uh, our trade surplus is approximately 300 billion euros a real economic success story Uh, Exports support 35 million jobs in the EU. This is one in six jobs. And these are uh, better paid jobs, uh, about uh, 12% higher than uh, average. Uh, So, uh, dear uh, Baltic uh, friends, uh, trade plays a particularly important role in the economy of Baltic states. Uh, 21% of jobs in Latvia depend on exports outside the EU. The figure is even higher in Estonia and Lithuania, 22 and 26% respectively. Uh, Most of these exporters are SMEs, the backbone of our economy. Uh, In the Baltic region, more than 120,000 jobs are directly generated by foreign direct investment from countries outside the EU. Uh, There are numerous examples of Baltic success stories, uh, companies that are benefiting from global trade. Uh, Looking to the future, we believe EU trade policy can generate even more opportunities for our companies on global markets. Our new EU trade strategy aims to get maximum benefit from our trade deals. Uh, It is especially important that our companies gain more value from our deals, particularly our SMEs. Uh, We have recently launched a dedicated online portal called Access to Markets a one-stop shop to help our SMEs reach new markets and we have launched a new streamlined complaints system to give our SMEs proper support when they face unjust market barriers abroad. Uh, As part of our new strategy, we have published a detailed EU agenda for the reform of the World Trade Organization because global trade requires global rules. Uh, We will work with our partners to update the global rulebook, which will help to provide Baltic exporters the stability and predictability they need to plan for the future. Uh, But our new trade strategy is not limited to imports and exports. Uh, It will help to make Europe better in a wider sense. Uh, For the first time, we are putting sustainability at the heart of trade policy. Uh, This means uh, finding better ways uh, ways for trade to contribute to our climate change and environmental ambitions. Uh, We are also determined uh, uh, that trade will contribute to the digital transformation of our economies. The Baltic states are home to many uh, innovative digital companies, which export their services across the globe. Uh, E-commerce rules, if agreed at global level, will create legal certainty for them. Uh, finally, I want to explain how our commitment to strengthening our trade relationships in coming years will help to make uh, Europe uh, uh, better. Uh, transatlantic relations are now in much b- better place since Biden administration took office in uh, Washington. Uh, last week, uh, uh, we had a major breakthrough that uh, mutually agreed, uh, m- uh, that we mutually agreed a four-month suspension of tariffs in the Airbus-Boeing uh, dispute. This will immediately help our exporters uh, and give us a space to find a definitive negotiated solution for this long-running dispute. Uh, We are optimistic that we can uh, restore shared transatlantic leadership as an engine for positive global change. Because there is no uh, stronger uh, alliances than those based on shared values. To conclude, I believe that trade policy is clearly helping uh, to make Europe and our Baltic states better. And it can do even more if we work together to leverage our strong potential. The Baltic region and Europe as a whole can look to the future with confidence. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dombrovskis for initial remarks of this uh, conversation. And I'd like to pose a question related to what you just very strongly emphasized. You were emphasizing the need to cooperate more with the United States and the strong transatlantic link has always been one of the priorities of the Baltic States and uh, you were saying that there is a need to work with the us in reforming world trade organization also trying to write together new rule book for the world trade and um, it is a very important but and this is a very good timing but uh, there are also challenges and um, for instance Uh, One of the challenges could be uh, an um, impact of EU-China comprehensive agreement on investment um, that US was quite critical about, or EU strive for the strategic autonomy. So what challenges do you see in the forthcoming future working together with the United States in terms of reforming world trade uh, and the environment of world trade?
4: Yeah, uh, thank you uh, very much uh, for this uh, question. Uh, Indeed, uh, 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 EU-US relations are uh, very important for us because we are uh, strategic uh, partners, we are uh, like-minded partners and it's very clear if uh, EU and US are working together we can be a positive uh, force for the good, uh, for the good globally uh, and uh, this is uh, uh, what we already outlined from European Commission side already in a December we outlined our intentions for a new start of a transatlantic a partnership and currently we are already in intensive contact with Biden administration to uh, uh, to develop this in different uh, directions. So talking uh, specifically on uh, trade, I already mentioned one uh, major step which we just took by suspending uh, Airbus Boeing tariffs which gives us now time to uh, negotiate the question of future disciplines in the area of civil aviation and put this dispute uh, uh, behind us. Uh, there are uh, some other uh, trade uh, uh, irritants which uh, are there from Trump era, for example steel and aluminium tariffs, uh, where we also should be working to resolve this bilateral uh, trade dispute. But uh, what is also very positive is that the US is now back at the multilateral table, so it's much better for our efforts to reform the World Trade Organization. And World Trade Organization requires a reform uh, because appellate body is not functioning. Negotiating, fa- uh, negotiating function is also not uh, performing uh, too well. So uh, that's why, uh, uh, together with our new trade strategy, we presented a detailed reform plan for the World Trade Organization. And we are working with US how to advance uh, also the reform of WTO forward. Uh, Then uh, when uh, we uh, discuss uh, China, indeed this is one area where we also need to cooperate with uh, US because many of the challenges posed by uh, China uh, concerning, for example, industrial subsidies and transparency of industrial subsidies, uh, 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 forced technology transfers, uh, uh, intellectual property rights, and so on, and so the role of state-owned enterprises. Uh, uh, we uh, share uh, the same concerns with US. So it's important that we work uh, together, both bilaterally, trilaterally, also with Japan within a WTO. And that's, in a sense, what we already are uh, doing. Uh, On uh, our uh, uh, EU-China Comprehensive Agreement on Investment, which was concluded in uh, principle uh, at the end of last uh, year. Uh, uh, Well, uh, first of all, the main uh, uh, aim of this agreement is to address economic imbalance in our relations, because uh, the economic uh, relations between EU-China are not balanced. EU is much more open to Chinese companies and Chinese investments and China is for EU companies. So it's, uh, in that sense, asymmetric agreement to address uh, asymmetric situation. So there are substantial new commitments on uh, China for market access on level playing field, also on sustainable development. And there are uh, actually very little new commitments from EU, we are basically preserving our level of uh, openness. Uh, and uh, it must be said that uh, many of the global partners already have uh, deals of uh, some kind with uh, China, including United States, which has their phase one uh, deal, uh, in, in, in including other partners. Recently, there was a uh, uh, regional comprehensive economic partnership agreement uh, uh, agreed in Asia. So in a sense, EU also had some catching up to do because we were uh, only major economy not having any kind of agreement with uh, China. And as we are not saying that uh, a phase one deal of United States prevents us from cooperating with US on China, I think the opposite is also true uh, concerning the uh, uh, comprehensive agreement on investments, that it's not preventing uh, uh, US from cooperating with us on, on China, and that's exactly what we intend to do.
3: Thank you, thank you. And don't you think that uh, think that strategic autonomy, Europe, Europe's move towards strategic autonomy, could be a challenge as well in, in terms of cooperation with the United States? For instance, uh involvement of United States in the PESCO projects or European Defense Fund.
4: Yeah, well, uh, first of all, um, Uh, uh, talking about uh, strategic uh, uh, autonomy it's uh, worth to emphasize that uh, 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 we are talking here about open strategic autonomy Uh, and uh, uh, in the uh, new trade strategy we uh, in a sense defined what we mean with this in terms of uh, trade and in terms of trade policy uh, we uh, are uh, clear that we remain committed to open fair rules-based trade uh, while at the same time becoming more assertive uh, defending our interests and rights when third countries are not playing by the rules and that we are uh, 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 willing to act multilaterally whenever we can uh, but we will be ready to act unilaterally if we must so that's how we uh, define this approach from. Uh, trade uh, policy so uh, clearly we remain committed to multilateralism and uh, i think that's a good uh, basis of uh, work uh, well on a um, uh, uh, european defense fund on some um, uh, uh, eu uh, defense uh, policy uh, initiatives uh, something which we have been always very much uh, emphasizing that these initiatives uh, need to be designed in a way that is uh, complementing the nato not uh competing with the nato and that's exactly how those initiatives are uh, being designed
3: thank you thank you very much mr Dombrovskis. Uh, on also clearing up the situation regarding the strategic autonomy and trade and now i'd like to pose a bit wider question i know that you are working now a lot with trade issues but um After, during this time of crisis, European Union is also initiating a lot of uh, reforms. And you know, you in particular uh, know that each crisis could be turned in a wonderful opportunity. If you do a smart reforms, you can achieve a lot. And now with the European Union Recovery Fund, uh, with the political will to do something to move forward, Uh, European Union has uh, a wonderful chance to move towards future ready economy and uh, so what do you foresee in the forthcoming years what would be the main steps in the European Union in terms of reforming uh, European economy but also reforming trade within the Europe.
4: Yeah, uh, on as uh, a uh, question of reforming European uh, economy. Well, uh, this uh, 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 question has been uh, addressed extensively in a, a context of current uh, crisis. So already be, uh, before the crisis, we uh, uh, announced uh, a work towards what we call green and digital transformations of our economy. Uh, reaching uh, carbon neutrality by uh, 2050. So when the crisis came, uh, the question was uh, what is uh, happening with our goals? And we were very uh, clear that we will continue to work towards uh, these uh, economic uh, transformations because it's also a matter of uh, so to stay uh, 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 staying ahead of the curve and not falling back in those uh, developments uh, internationally. Uh, And, uh, correspondingly, we designed our uh, tools to support economic recovery in a way that uh, it also uh, helps green and digital transformations of our economy. Uh, So, um, and for this, we now have uh, substantial financial resources. So, uh, the next multi-annual financial framework for uh, 2021-2027 and the European Economic Recovery Plan uh, together uh, uh, is 1.82 trillion euros. So it's the uh, largest uh, support package ever agreed at the EU level. And as regards European Economic Recovery Plan, 750 billion euros, for the first time, it's going to be financed by joint borrowing of uh, uh, o- uh, at the EU uh, level. So in a sense, it will help uh, member states to restart their economies, while not uh, uh, putting immediate burden on uh, member states' budget deficits and uh, debts. Uh, and what we are emphasizing uh, with this recovery plan, and the main instrument with this recovery plan, recovery and resilience facility, that first, uh, it's important that member states address structural weaknesses in their economies, and that's why we insist on a uh, addressing the challenges identified in uh, country-specific recommendations which had been addressed to member states, so to come with uh, uh, reforms to address those challenges. And we insist on a green and digital transformation with a mainstreaming goals of 37 and 24% correspondingly. So what is happening right now is that member states are preparing their recovery and resilience uh, plans and uh, we expect that uh, uh, most of those plans will be uh, ready uh, for submission by the end of the april and it's very important that uh, member states uh, reflect those european uh, priorities of green and digital transformation in their plans and also address uh, Uh, country-specific structural uh, weaknesses. Thank you.
3: I already would like to invite uh, the participants to raise their hands and pose the questions. I see only one question posed on chat. But until I can see more hands and questions, I want to have a very particular question related to what you have said already and related to the Baltic States, because uh, a lot of people from the Baltic States are watching this uh, uh, conversation. And in these reforms uh, related to the recovery and reforming the European Union towards digitalization and a more green attitude, way of life, baltic states how do they fit because they have very particular economies they are small a lot of smes but also they are very flexible so what is the for the baltic states
4: uh, well uh, as regards uh, baltic uh, states uh, i would say uh, 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 baltic states economies are in a sense uh, fitting well in in this uh, uh, concept of green and uh, digital uh, transformations well on digital already uh, touched upon uh, during the uh, introductory uh, speech uh, 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 in many areas of uh, digitalization of economy of uh, public services baltic states are actually uh, among the front runners in the eu Uh, also in in terms of development of digital uh, infrastructure. So from that point of view, there is a good starting uh, point uh, uh, on which to advance uh, further. Uh, One uh, area uh, where uh, we uh, see um, uh, some uh, concern, uh, it's not limited to Baltic States, but uh, also in Baltic States uh, is a shortage of digital skills. So skills development will be uh, very important as we go uh, forward with the uh, digitalization of the economy. Uh, Also on uh, green uh, transition, there are uh, many uh, initiatives where uh, Baltic states can uh, uh, engage. So just to show some work directions, which uh, we have outlined improvements in uh, in, uh, energy efficiency, and there is a lot, uh, a lot to do in Baltic states, especially in housing uh, sector, uh, rolling out of uh, uh, electromobility, uh, further uh, increasing the share of uh, renewables. Just to give some uh, examples, uh, for which also the funding of recovery and resilience facility can be uh, used. So, uh, and the fact, indeed that uh, uh, Baltic economies are quite flexible will allow them to adjust successfully uh, to this green uh, transformation. And also in a context of green uh, transformation, skills will be very important because uh, nature of economy will be changing. Also, it means requirements uh, in the labor market and jobs, nature of jobs will be changing. So that's very important that there is a developed system of uh, 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 not only, uh, uh, so to say, education and people gaining skills, but also reskilling and upskilling throughout the working uh, life. That's, uh, uh, I would emphasize, as an important element where uh, more uh, focus should be uh, put on. And another uh, element um, is a question of uh, uh, research and innovation and funding for the research and innovation, because uh, their Baltic states generally uh, fit in a category what we call modest uh, innovators, and there is certainly a scope to do more.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dabrowski very much for the answer, and I don't see so far the raised hands. Uh, but it seems that we have a question uh, in ch- in in chat, so let me pose this question, and then we'll see maybe someone uh, will be uh, more uh, uh, interested in ask the uh, to ask the question. So the the question is: What are the plans of the European Commission to make the internal market relevant again for European businesses? It's, uh, quite provocative
4: question. Uh, Well, uh, first of all, uh, I would uh, say that uh, uh, European uh, Union internal market is very relevant for uh, EU uh, businesses. Uh, Maybe it's uh, not uh, always uh, seen, or maybe it's often taken for granted. So, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, one can see uh, uh, maybe some uh, 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 examples of the relevance of uh, uh, internal market uh, as the example of Brexit, because we see uh, that UK's decision not only to leave the EU, but also to leave the internal market has led to a quite substantial uh, disruption of uh, uh, trades and supplies between uh, eu and uh, uk and uh, the reason for this is exactly the absence of uh, uh eu internal market so suddenly there are borders there are cu- uh, customs uh, uh, controls there are uh, uh, sanitary phytosanitary sa- uh, checks you you name it so suddenly uh, uh if uh, you are outside the single market uh, uh there are much more um, uh, uh, work much more for formalities to be uh, covered so in a sense uh maybe it's a, even a good sign that uh, many people take eu internal market for uh for granted and as a benefit this internal market is bringing uh, 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 for granted but it's true that we need to uh, develop um, uh, internal market we need to continue remove the barriers which in within, uh, within uh, uh, internal market which still exist, especially in services uh, sector so further work is needed and this work is being done we need to develop further the digital single market already a uh, previous european commission started to work in uh, this uh, direction Because also in digital, rules are uh, relatively uh, fragmented, and uh, that's probably one of the main reasons why we are lacking digital giants in the EU. Uh, Because uh, 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 when we look at the startups, when we look at the, uh, so to say, uh, uh, people's uh, ideas, uh, entrepreneurial spirit, it's all there. But uh, when uh, you look then down the road, uh, what companies do to scale up, they often move to US, they move to Asia. Uh, and uh, well, the main reason is uh, you know, fragmentation of the digital market within the EU. If you're confronted with 27 different sets of rules, of course, it creates a problem. So uh, developing of digital uh, single market, I would say it's the next important milestone for a single market
3: thank you thank you very much for the answer and now we have the first hand raised it's mr i am not sure if i'm pronouncing your surname in a correct name please the floor is yours
5: yes hello can you hear me
3: yes perfectly
5: yeah uh, my name is Uffe uh, biker i'm from denmark i'm res- I'm a board member of United Nations Association in Denmark and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. I should have been with you last year in person, but due to corona it wasn't possible. I know that uh, this issue right now is uh, trade, but I, in the introduction to this meeting, the conference on the future of Europe was mentioned. And I just want to ask uh, the commissioner, how uh, how do you see uh, this joint declaration was signed uh, by, uh, for example, Ursula von der Leyen uh, Wednesday? And it, I'm looking very much forward to have this uh, dialogue across uh, borders about uh, how, how, how do you see Europe in the future? So, uh, I hope it's okay to ask this question and thank you so much for the floor
3: thank you thank you mr Hitpe. and mr Dombrovskis, could you please answer this question and i see that there is another one uh another hand being raised
4: yeah uh, indeed uh, so the uh, conference of the uh, future of uh, europe in a sense uh, work has started, and indeed, the uh, leaders of three uh, European uh, institutions, European Commission, European Council, and European Parliament, signed the Joint Declaration. There is a uh, a board now preparing the Conference of Future of Europe, uh, uh, which has started uh, the work, and the launch uh, event is now uh, planned for Uh, for uh, uh, 9th of uh, May, so the work is uh, ongoing, and as as it was outlined, of course, it will imply a series of dialogues, series of discussions, it's uh, maybe the name is a bit uh, misleading, it's not one conference, (laughs) Uh, uh, indeed to house this engagement with citizens, with different uh, stakeholders, uh, and uh, to uh, discuss uh, how we are actually Uh, moving uh, 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 forward. But um, uh, in a sense, uh, now the work is just the beginning. So it's important that we are uh, getting this uh, feedback and then drawing conclusion based on the feedback which we'll be receiving during these uh, uh, series uh, uh, of uh, events uh, under this um, uh, conference of uh, Future of Europe, um, uh, so to say, uh, brand.
3: Okay, thank you, Mr. Dombrovskis. And I see you one more hand being raised, Mr. Andres Gobin. Andres Gobin.
6: Thank you, Mrs. Chair. I hope it's possible to hear me. Yes. Um, But no video, which is strange, but uh, whatever. I'll ask the question. I would like to thank uh, the the Vice President for his presentation and as you were referring to the RRF as well and uh, to the country specific recommendations. I would like to come back to this issue as we from civil society perspective were very supportive for the social aspects uh, in the uh, uh, country specific recommendations and we were focusing on these as well in suggesting several uh, ideas for the RRF. The strange thing and where i would be very happy for your advice and comments is that uh, the dynamics in latvia were very specific uh, in designing the rrf the programs were designed quite late uh, only in december first drafts were um, uh, started to to be consulted with a wider civil society and as a result we are now in a situation where Although the European Commission strongly criticizes the Latvian program, it seems that only very slight and decorative changes will be made, with a big problem that these social aspects, which mainly are linked as well to a strong civil society involvement and stakeholder involvement in in making all uh, EU investments really effective, are lacking what might be your comment on on this how can we better convince our ministries which are in charge of these aspects to take this stakeholder involvement civic participation more serious which always the commission has been stressed and you know the situation from inside as well the dynamics in the ministry of finance in latvia and as a prime minister also these aspects so perhaps you can comment on this as well thank you
3: Okay, Mr. Gorbunch, Mr. Dombrovskis.
4: Yeah. Well, on uh, the preparation of uh, Latvian uh, recovery and resilience uh, plan, the work is uh, ongoing, and I would say, in uh, many aspects, the work is going in the right uh, direction. So, if we talk on the broader uh, European uh, priorities, on the uh, green and uh, digital uh, mainstreaming, on uh, 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 on the reforms addressing uh, country-specific recommendations. Uh, Obviously, more work uh, there is uh, uh, needed. Uh, 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 More uh, ambition, so to say, in the reform agenda may be uh, uh, wished for, including as uh, uh, regards the uh, social aspects, as exactly you uh, mentioned. But this work is currently ongoing, and and a plan is still in the preparation. So i think we'll be really able to judge the plan once uh, once it will be uh, finalized so about broadly speaking uh the uh, the work is uh, going in the right uh, direction on uh engagement of uh social partners of civil society indeed that's something which commission is emphasizing very strongly uh, actually yesterday morning i was in a plenary debate in european parliament where exactly the question of the implementation of partnership uh, principle, involvement of regional local authorities, social partners, civil society was uh, discussed very uh, strongly, and I was um, very uh, clear that European Commission will uh, continue to pay uh, a strong atten- uh, attention also to this uh, uh, aspect. So, uh, but, uh, 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 all in all uh, uh, i would not be as uh, uh, critical i think that uh, the work is um, going in the right direction and there is still uh, uh, a bit of time as i said we normally expect the submission of the plans by end of the uh, april so um, yeah, i'm uh, confident that latvia will get its plan in a good uh, shape by that time thank you
3: Thank you, thank you, Mr. Vice President, and we have the last question, although just a few minutes uh, for, for, to, to answer it, but I think that we are still on time. And this question comes from Slide Doe. What would you suggest for the Baltic states in terms of trading with Russia? Should they continue or rather abandon it, reorienting towards the U- European Union instead? Very Baltic question.
4: Well, uh, as regards uh, trade uh, with uh, Russia, uh, it must be said that this reorientation uh, of uh, trade has been uh, taking uh, place already for many years, and uh, the uh, 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 the share of Russia in uh, Baltic states' uh, external trade had been uh, continuously uh, decreasing. Uh, well, uh, important. Uh, uh, factor in this regard was also uh, Russia's embargo, which was introduced in uh, 2014, following EU sanctions on the uh, illegal annexation of Krim. Uh, well, uh, uh, but uh, you know, th- those are in a case uh, choices to be made by economic uh, operators. We know that Russia is a uh, very uh, difficult market, very Uh, unpredictable uh, uh, market. Uh, We do not have a specific free trade agreement with Russia, so we are trading on WTO uh, terms. Uh, 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 But in any case, uh, what what, what I can uh, outline is that uh, uh, with this new trade policy approach, uh, we will be more insistent of third countries actually following international rules and in, in in case of russia as i said it's wto rules as we do not have bilateral trade uh, agreement uh and uh, uh, uh well in this sense uh protecting our companies especially our smes against unfair uh practices so uh, uh one one can say that we'll be becoming more assertive in uh depending our uh, companies but we all know that uh Uh, Russia is a very uh, difficult uh, place to operate in.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dombrovskis, for your answer and for, in general, a very sincere and interesting conversation. I'm afraid that our time is over. Just want to wish you good luck with all the reforms, both internally in the European Union, but also good luck in reforming the world trade environment and writing a good uh, rule book, which represents European values. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Bye. And now we are moving to the next panel in 15 minutes. Uh, and the panel will be dedicated to Europe after the stress test for democracy. Thank you very much for listening to us. And now we have a break for 15 minutes. Bye.